gentlemen, as you begin to file in here, this is an episode of the Rufus Rundown Live. Um, I don't think I've done a solo one for a while. I think the last time I did a solo one, some time ago. I mean, I did a couple of game streams with Suze. I think it's some MLB uh, streams with Suze. I did an NFL one with Brandon Mendes that did very well from Breakfast of Champions. Uh, I've done a couple of that. I think I did one like solo live episode. Um, not an, not a crazy amount. I think sometimes I just kind of I do this when I kind of fall behind. I just want to get something out there, um, and I don't want to wait till the next day. I don't want to wait on more news and wait on more news. I feel like I get locked into this cycle of continuously waiting on news. Um, so you, know, you you continue to wait for news, and then you get, I get locked into the cycle of oh, what if this gets announced or what if this happens, and then eventually I I'm just stuck sitting there and I have you know nothing to go out. I've I've put nothing out. You know, I've, I've covered nothing. So, realistically, maybe going live is the better way to do it because it makes me feel more comfortable that I'm not um, stiffing anybody or stiffing a certain amount of news away. But, you know, trying to stay consistent with that one a week. Um, I think I'm right in that ballpark from the last time that I posted something. Um, I had planned to have had, you know, I had Jared Antill on. Uh, we're going to put that one on the back burner. actually going to end up re- redoing that one, which you know, I thought was fine, but... We're going to work through it once again. Yeah. Uh, how many days ago? 11? That sound right? 11? Yeah. So, you know, a little more than a week. Um, try to stay as active as I can on social media and stuff during the meantime as well, too. But figured I get the live out there. I'll post the um, the edited version of this. And once the edited version of this goes, um, you know, we'll pretty much be good from there. But, uh, you know, welcome to the rundown. Uh Cam Rogers to be joining the show, uh, I believe. Oh, we, oh shit! I was supposed to do it to. Wow, I have totally lost track of my days of the week, and I will be doing an episode with Cam Rogers this week. Wow, I, I forgot today was. I totally forgot today was Wednesday. Um, screwed that one up. But gonna be bringing him on. Um, to be talking about UMD track and field. Uh, you know his journey. Gonna really enjoy doing that hopefully by the end of the week i'll be able to get that one out wow can't believe i lost track of the days a week like that um and then the next thing i can segue into too is as well uh there were some very kind kind words shared about me uh on the breakfast of champions podcast from matt trahan and brandon mendes and i just wanted to say thank you very much for that uh they had um matt and brandon have been you know great impacts on my life uh they've continued to reach out to me even since graduation we've been a great you know in a lot of touch uh just great role models to be around um, and they spoke some kind words. Shout out to Josh Nudes as well for kind words. You know, the kind words of respect um, that I get, especially considering this and the content that I make, I really appreciate. It means more than any monetary value that it can bring in because obviously that's not you know directly in front of me or a direct goal that I can reach right now, uh, making an incredible amount of money off of this. So obviously, you know, you want to be able to Im- impact people or you know continue to grow those relationships with people. Share your stuff. People will tune into your stuff. I'm, I'm, I've actually been, you know, I've been succeeding with a lot of that. You know, it, it's grabbed people's attention. I've been able to work myself into certain situations or certain conversations with, you know, people and opportunities now because I've been doing this consistently because I have this ability, you know, to continue to progress it. So the kind words I, you know, I really, really appreciate. Um, I, you know, can't say enough good things about um, Brandon and Matt. Also, you know, Josh as well, having grown up with Josh. There's a couple of people that have, you know, reached out over time and what I'm doing and the clips that I'm posting. And obviously with this, you know, the same thing is going to happen. I'm going to continue to post more clips, continue to post more content, you know, continue to bring people on, you know, interesting characters, interesting people um, that, you know, ha- you know, have a side of the story to tell. Like I said, you know, 
uh, Jake Ashworth, um, be bringing him on, you know, after their after their postseason run, which is you know you go right into it. Uh, both UMD squads are on a playoff uh, run, both getting you know W's last night. So a big shout out to both uh, both UMD basketball squads. Uh, the girls' game was not close. Was not close. I'm pretty sure they beat UMass Boston 30, 30, 30 to 40. Um, it was. It's not even really worth trying to find the exact number. It was a. It was. A, it was a big spread. Um, and then the men's actually Southern Maine hung around more than I would expect it to, considering the last one I was at. They they crushed Southern Maine. But you know, once it comes around to the LEC tournament, you know, you have that off week. Um, if, if you're UMass, obviously it's going to change the momentum a little bit. So they played their hearts out. UMD not not playing their best game, uh, but Jake Ashworth leading the way in that one and their way to a semifinal matchup with Plymouth State. So you know, like I said, both shout uh, shout out to both UMD squads. Also the, the uh, track and field squad getting you know winning the LEC title. Um, that's where my shout out to Cam comes in, and we'll be able to talk about a lot of that when I bring him on the show finally. Um, but yeah, you know, big big big, big things happen around the Dartmouth campus. Um, so the next thing I want to get into Super Bowl reaction. Like I said, it's a little delayed, a little late. Uh, because we did the Super Bowl special with Chris Santos, in which we were both right. Um, against the spread, we were not right. But in terms of the game itself, we both did pick the correct winner, which was the Rams. Um, is it better late than never that I get into this? Um, and so, so Stafford getting his first, McVay getting his first, at, at, they're 36 years old. Uh, that's pretty damn impressive. Uh, Matt Stafford, you know, I, I think he deserves a Super Bowl title at this point. I'd say that Joe Burrow didn't. But, you know, what Stafford's been through in Detroit, you know, he's a tough guy. Uh, you know, he's a class act. Uh, definitely think, you know, and it was taking swigs of Don Julio out of the bottle on the mic, by the way. Um, so, great respect to him there. The the 1942, uh, he is a man of character. You know, that wasn't just any run-of-the-mill Kila there. That was DJ, DJ42, which, you know, shout out, shout out to Stafford on the mic. Very happy man. Um in the Super Bowl parade, even though some stuff went down that they had to deal with, him and his family had to deal with after with the photographer. Um, but yeah, like I said, Stafford, I thought he, you know, he, you know, he gave you a couple turnovers there, which you know we figured into our uh, pre-process that he would turn the ball over. Um, doesn't really come back to bite them. He didn't have to do. Uh, he did. He didn't really have to. Didn't ask too much from him. But when it came down to that game-winning drive, I mean, he, he was he was stellar. You know, get the ball to Cooper Cup, who's the best receiver in the game right now. Couldn't really go wrong. They didn't make the mistake when the game was on the line. You know, a couple of those mistakes were big. I thought the underthrow into the end zone was was a pretty bad miss. But still, at the end of the day, Stafford's able to get it done, and the Rams were able to pull it out. Cooper Cup with the best receive, uh, best single receiving season ever for any receiver. I mean, in terms of the awards, winning the Triple Crown, uh, winning a Super Bowl MVP. Um, I don't think there's any way you can look at Cooper Cup and, and, and say that he's not the best receiver in this league right now. I mean... Everybody's, you know, everybody's gonna come up with their guy, Devontae Adams or DeAndre Hopkins or whoever it may be. I, I just can't see how after a season like that, and you can see recency bias, but you haven't recency bias is a couple weeks for me. Um, when you look over the whole scale of a season, what Cooper Cup was able to do, I don't think there's any way you can look at that past season and then going to the next one and not rank him as the as as the best guy. Leads in rece- receptions, receiving yards, touchdowns. And then goes on to win a Super Bowl MVP. We're starting to see, you know, more receivers win that Super Bowl MVP re- award. I mean, I thought it was. I think it's been pretty damn impressive, and I don't think there's anybody. I mean, who can? I mean, with that resume that he just put together in that past season, at what point you know? Oh, maybe he doesn't pass the eye test, or maybe he's not, you know, so 
incredible at one thing that he does. Maybe he's not the most, the, the biggest deep threat, the biggest speed threat, or the best. I mean, he's a pretty damn good route runner. Can block pretty well. And that's one of the biggest things about him being able to be um, on the field and what they're able to do in, in their zone run game is he's always been a blocker out of the slot. Uh, wherever they have him, he's he's an effective player. You know, at times, they don't even have to use a tight end because of how good of, of a blocker he was lined up in the wing position or the slot position. Um, and that was even before this year. So, but... You know, all around, maybe doesn't do one thing, you know, so so much better in terms of like, you know, Hopkins' catching ability or Devontae Adams' route running. Like, but when you when, when you run the numbers, there is no one better than Cooper Cup. He's the best receiver going into next season. I think he's the best in the league right now. And, and I don't think there's any way of arguing it. You know, I, I think if, if DeAndre Hopkins or Devontae Adams, if, if any of the guys that you think are the number one, the big flashy, the big names, I think if they do it, if they put up the numbers, if they had the season that he just had, win the triple crown there's 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 no denying it then so i don't understand why it's any different with a guy who's done what he's did especially with drawing so much offensive attention i mean it's made odell beckham so much better van jefferson so much better it's made so many guys on that la team so much better because of how much attention that he draws and he's still it's in big moments too he's not getting garbage time touchdowns i mean he basically wins the game against the buccaneers and he goes out and has the game winning touchdown in this one as well at that point, you know, some of it comes on the defense as well, too. How do you how do you let that guy beat you? If there's one guy you don't want to beat you, it's Cooper Cup. But, you know, time and time again, when it came up with those big moments in the clutch, you know, Cooper Cup was there. So it's been it, it goes deeper than that. And I like I said, I still I, I will stand by him being the best receiver going into next season in the NFL. You 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 can pick your fantasy guys, you could judge him based off of that. You know, who's the better fantasy receiver, flashy, whatever it may be, uh, whoever's mossing people, go right ahead. I, I go go right ahead. But I'm taking Cooper Cup next season by far. Um, I, I think he's the best in the game right now. Uh, Aaron Donald. I, I, and, his, and all that being said about Cooper Cup, I, I think I said you know, enough good things about Cooper Cup. Um, I still think Aaron Donald should have at least won the should have won the MVP, or maybe at least co MVPs. But I thought Aaron Donald hands down should have won the MVP for that game because those two plays, even at the end of the game, you had a pretty good body of work before that with a sack prior to that. Um, you know, a couple of tackles. I mean, obviously, he, he I mean, he leads the league in, in double team rates, but also in pass rush win rates so in, in just in block destruction, all of that. He's he's the best at it. You can't block him with two people. I mean, he has success against blocks by two people as much as the next best guy has success against a single person. So I, I think that says about as much as it, it needs to say. The guy is one of the most is the most dominant force that I've watched like in my age, I mean, obviously, I can look up, you know, highlights of Lawrence Taylor, but, you know, in being a football fan and watching game live, games live and breaking them down, there is not a single more, you know, dominant defensive presence than Aaron Donald. Not a single one. I mean, at least, at least to my, I mean, that's just my eye test there. Um, and if he does walk away, he's one of the best defensive players of all time. I don't think he beats out Lawrence Taylor, um, but I certainly think he gets up in that top, uh, top five conversation. I mean, he's, he's unstoppable, Un, absolutely unstoppable. Love watching film on him, love watching the highlights of him. But like I said, to have that tackle for loss on third and one, and then to have the pressure on Burrow that seals the game, yeah, I mean, and that was my that was another one of the big things that coming in. I mean, Jamar Chase, all the credits, all the credit to him. He put the best cornerback in the the best cornerback in the game. I'll, I'll give it one of those because. I think he's a very overrated player at this point in consideration of being the best corner of the game. Um, Jamar Chase, the rookie, 
puts him on his ass. He was he was on the ground. He was not going to be able to make a play if Burrow was able to load it up deep to Jamar Chase. Uh, but Aaron Donald gets there. And that was my big thing is that as good as these other pass rushes have, have been getting to him, um, I thought that, well, I still thought that this secondary would be suspect even to even with Jalen Ramsey to this, this Bengals offense because I thought the Bengals just had better perimeter players than the outside of receiver. I think both teams did. Um, they were not going to have to cover as consistently and as, you know, for, for as long. So, you know, they would have one or two seconds less to have to defend against, which obviously plays a big, even in that last play. That was, that was what I thought would be the big thing is that their pass rush, while they didn't have to get a sack every single time, even though they had seven, um, would do enough to, to allow their secondary to play at a good enough level. And, and Jalen Ramsey lucks out because we'd be having a totally different conversation for weeks to come now about Jamar Chase, Joe Burrow, and then Jalen Ramsey would be under a microscope as well too. But you know, he gets bailed out by Aaron Donald. Like I said, that tackle for loss on third and one when it's getting into crunch time and then to get the pressure on the final play of the game, that totally changes the way the game goes. I think you know should have won him that MVP considering the body of work in that game because Cooper Cup's touchdown means absolutely nothing. Matt Stafford's game-winning drive there means absolutely nothing. None of that means anything if not for Aaron Donald making that play. And of course, if they don't get the cup touchdown, Donald never gets a chance to make that play, but he did. And it happened. And those two plays do happen. And that's why I think it should have been Aaron Donald as MVP. It wasn't. Um, but, you know, totally, totally content with either of those sides where they were in that game. Like I said, really wasn't rooting for a certain team. I, mean, I wanted my pick to be right, but I wouldn't have been like, distraught or destructive over the Bengals winning it. I mean, I'm, I, I'm going to, you know, I, I side with LSU because I'm a Saints fan. I kind of have this emotional attachment to Louisiana for that. You know, shout out to Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow for being from LSU. Um, but that's that's just that's where I stood on it. I thought it was a really entertaining game. I thought the halftime show, um, it's one of the best that I've ever seen. Um, if it's not your type of music, if it's, it's not your interest, uh, so be it. I, I hope you didn't watch. I hope you just you know tuned it out. I hope you I, don't go if you don't like it. Don't go around complaining about it because it happened. No one, no one's really gonna address the fact that you didn't like it or it didn't matter. No, I mean you can go through you know whatever contents going on there. The ass shaking from other people that are I've done it in years prior, where no one's really complaining about because it's just, you know we live in this sexualized culture. So I really don't want to hear the complaints. Either there's always going to be people complaining or find something wrong with it. That's just the world we live in. It, it's not like there's going to be any you know safe specific group, even a country star. Realistically, they're, they're going to find some way to piss somebody off at some point in some culture, whether it be an age demographic, whether it be um, a racial demographic, whether it be a cultural demographic. There's some somehow, some way, someone's gonna end up pissed off. I'm gonna look at it for what it's worth and for what my what I like and the music that I like and to listen to. And I like Snoop, I like Dre, I like Eminem, uh, Mary J. Blige. Thought she was all right. You know, features and obviously some of the songs that I listen to from you know more of that old school. And Kendrick Lamar, I'm a huge fan of. So to be honest, really enjoyed the halftime show and what they were able to do with it. Now, don't read into that any more than it has to or whatever it may be. Again, I just take it for what it's worth, and, and what it was worth to me is that I did enjoy. The, I I enjoy their music, enjoy listening to the music, and and with Fifty Cent as well too. Uh, I thought it was done pretty well. I thought the song, I thought the song choices were good. Thought they were done pretty well, and obviously it had to do pretty well. I think it had to do pretty well in the stadium as well, as well too. Uh, but like I said, Jamar Chase, I think he's for real. I think the Bengals will be back. They have the third most cap room. 
um, in the league. So for the other two teams to be uh, like just terrible, terrible football teams. And then you have the third most cap room in the league with the Bengals. I mean, there's no excuse to not improve that offensive line. You get rid of Eli Apple, you, 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 you know, you sign some offensive linemen. We have draft capital as well. You draft some offensive linemen or you do both. Can't really go wrong with both. You, you find some guys one way or the other. You can move guys from right guard to left guard. You can move positions around. Uh, you know, obviously, you got to start thinking about uh, uh, extensions. You know, like I said, the third most cap room in the league, and they have draft capital. But you have to think about Mixon, Higgins, or Burrow's extension coming up around too. I mean, right now, you have Burrow and a rookie. You can build up some bigger name players. But you also got to think about those guys and where they're going to stand with money with their contract expiring in the future. You can't splash out a ton amount knowing you're going to have to give Burrow a pretty big contract. I mean, for now, you can build around, but you also got to keep in mind that there's still going to be some space left for those guys if you want to hang on to them. I mean, Mixon coming off off his deal, maybe you think differently about it. Maybe you can move Higgins for another guy. You let you think Chase is that good, but you know Higgins was pretty pretty damn good this season as well too. So, uh, but you have the quarterback, you have the guy, you have you have you have this dude with swagger. He carries himself a certain way. And you have him for a long time. You have Joe Burrow for a long time. And I think as long as you have Joe Burrow, you're always going to be in contention. Um, but here's the thing. You're not always going to have Joe Burrow if he's getting killed every snap by you know, a pass rush, especially when teams can just rush four. The diff- you know, a lot of guys, a lot of these good quarterbacks are good against the blitz because there's less guys in the secondary. They have good pre-snap reads. Uh, they're able to you know, address it beforehand. But if you're just getting to them with three or four because your offensive line is that bad and they got beat, one guy was getting beat at least you know, pretty much every play, Burrow. You know, wasn't exactly running for his life like he was in prior weeks, but when it came down to it, especially in the second half, um, I thought they handled it decently well in the, in the first half. I think it was the Bengals' right guard. I, I can't come up with his name, and realistically, he's probably not going to be there next season. Uh, I think Aaron Donald beat him on pretty much every snap. Every single snap, Donald had a, had a, had a pass rush win. Like I said, he's, he's just that dominant. I mean, I would have liked to see more double teams on Aaron Donald at that point, especially at that point in the game, but you know, it, you know, that's how the cookie crumbles. And the Bengals are certainly going to have to address their pass protection of Joe Burrow. He's going to be there for a long time as long as he's alive. You know, Andrew Luck, everybody thought he was going to be there for a long time too. And he, you know, still put up the numbers. But, you know, those injuries and everything came up on him. Obviously, Burrow injured his knee in that game. It wasn't that bad. He doesn't have good movement patterns either, by the way, um, with how he walks and how he moves. Um, He's susceptible to more knee injuries like that, especially with the straight line training it takes to recover from ACL and big uh, big time injuries like that. But his movement patterns do not support you know, longevity and stabilization in his joint. So if he's getting hit, while he's not moving in a sense, he's not a safe mover, he's getting hit, he still has patterns that lead towards catastrophic injury, which is why you're going to have to protect this guy. You're going to have to you know, build up that offensive line to protect him because you have weapons all around. And the defense really uh, realistically isn't that bad either. Um, and speaking of defense, that, that call on Logan Wilson, I, I don't, so here's the thing. If, if you're, if you're, if you're angry, if you're a Bengals fan, I, I get it. It wasn't the best of calls. And at the time of the game in which those calls came, I understand why you're being, because you want the referees to be able to control the game, but not take over the game. You don't want a referee to matter more than just making the calls that need to be made. And that one was a little more ticky tack because there's a linebacker and a wide receiver. And I get it. I get the gripe there. Um, and I understand the call. I even said, why is there a linebacker on cup? Even though. It wasn't a flag and linebacker on cup. It's going to draw more attention realistically than it should. But of course, you have the T. Higgins play where he rips, you know, <laughs> he absolutely rips through Jalen Ramsey's face mask. They don't call it. Now, that's at a different point in the game. 
so they can kind of re recover from that. You can't at that point, at that point in the game, with the call from Logan Wilson. So that's why it sucks. It, you can't really compare the two calls, or at least you know, be like, oh, it's fair that way, or you know, it, it's fair. It, it's an eye for an eye in a sense because the timing of the game is different. Um, how the call was made is totally different. I said the impact it had in the game is totally different. Of course, that one leads to a touchdown. And the other one obviously leads to a touchdown. So it seems, you know, numbers wise, it's fair. But it's at a different time of the game. You have every right to be angry. Uh, I'm not saying you're right because at the end of the day, I'm a Saints fan, and I've still never, you know, as much as that call sucks, that that the, the no call or the no call, I should say the no call sucked, but it wasn't a call. It wasn't called, which is one of the worst I've ever seen. Actually, the worst I've ever seen. Um. If it comes, if if the reason, if your number one reason as to why you didn't win a football game, you didn't win any game in any in any sport at any level, as bad as refereeing can be at any level, um, especially the high school level and you know stuff like that, um, if if it comes down to a call, as that your excuse, it really becomes an excuse. Yeah, so your excuse as to why you didn't win, then obviously you didn't play well enough. I, I get the call might hurt, might sting, might suck. Uh, but if it comes down to a call as to why you aren't, you weren't lifting the Lombardi, you didn't play well enough. You didn't play up to a certain capability. It's not like every call was against you. You had plenty of opportunities to win that game, to command that game. You didn't take them. Uh, the Rams found a way to do it at the right time and respond to that and, and, and take advantage of that. And that's why they walk away uh, Lombardi champions with, hey, maybe a chance of running it back. I mean, I don't know if they can run it back. I mean, can you bring that back Aaron Donald? Is he going to have a lot of talk of retirement? Um, is Odell Beckham, can you get him back on the cheap? You know, realistically, what is the, what is the deal there? Um, Robert Woods recovering from the ACL injury. Uh, those contracts of guys that aren't going to be playing, but are still going to be hitting against the cap. Uh, realistically, can they, can they do, can, can they bring those guys back? Can they, they run it back? It's very difficult to do in the NFL. Um, but you know, they went for the win now. Um, I think they were expecting maybe more uh, than one year. Um, they certainly will compete, um, but if Aaron Donald's not back, I see zero, zero percent chance. There is no chance um, in a repeat of Aaron Donald is going back. If realistically, um, there's more of a conversation as to whether they can make the playoffs as opposed to win, uh, win a championship if Aaron Donald is not back. So. That's the big, the big, the big piece for me is Aaron Donald. Like I said, he just he wins, he wins against double teams. Like most dudes, like like the best in the game win against single teams, regular one on ones. Um, so realistically, I, I don't I think if Aaron Donald is not back, that there's the zero percent chance that the Rams are even gonna, you know, especially win the championship. Like I said, the the better conversation um, to have is if the Rams can make the playoffs without Aaron Donald. I don't care how low to the offense is because. Woods and Odell have the ACL tears if they even decide to try and rework something with Odell to bring him back. As good as Cup is, as good as Stafford can be, as good as their running game can be, Aaron Donald's a huge piece of that team. And I just can't, I could not, and for the culture and everything there in terms of what he brings as a pass rusher and just as a defensive player in general. I mean, he's the best player in the NFL. He's been, I think he's been, you know, recognized the best player in the NFL for at least the last two or three years. Um, considering there's more, there's more value in other positions such as quarterback. Like other more value on offense, what he's able to do is literally, like I said, in, in absolutely insane, absolutely insane to be able to win against double teams like he does, to to put pressures on the QB like he does, to be as good in the run game as he is. I mean, he just wildly it just crushes gap schemes. Um, he's incredible 
in terms of his hand work, his bull rushing work. He's just, you know, it's a physical force. And I said that ring is huge. The ring is huge for um, his credibility in terms of being one of the greatest defensive players of all time, uh, the Hall of Fame and all that. It, it is huge. Um, does he have, and like I said, he has a genuine chance for a second one if he comes back, but obviously that becomes a big question mark. You know, if they bring everybody back, I'll be back is, is pretty much what he said. Um, going to be hard to do. Um, but again, you know, you're not, not a lot of draft capital either if you're not able to bring some of these guys back or find the right value in these players. And you're going to have to write him a pretty big paycheck too, which is going to take away from your ability to bring these guys back. So that's going to be the thing with Aaron Donald too. Aaron Donald says, if you bring everybody back, I'll be back. Well, realistically, this dude's going to ask for a gigantic pay raise. He's going to ask for a big contract that's going to you know, really get up there, especially for a player in his position. And that's gonna that's also gonna you know handcuff you in terms of the value of the contracts that you can pay out to other guys that are gonna be free agents that you want to bring back to run it back with. So it becomes a very difficult situation for the Rams to run it back, and I, I just don't see it happening at this point. But yeah, that's my you know my Super Bowl reaction. Better uh, better late than never. Uh, probably would have been a deeper dive in a more recent uh, manner, but like I said better late than never. Wanted it, wanted to get it out there. Um, and we'll see what, you know, what holds for, you know, I think the official, it's officially the 2022 season, um, because I have, um, the NBA next, but while I'm on the topic of the, uh, of the NFL, um, obviously Aaron Rodgers with the cryptic, uh, Instagram post, uh, posting a picture where, uh, he wasn't there with his teammates, thanking his now ex-girlfriend, thanking everybody. He's been doing a, what is it? A 10 day cleanse. He's been doing some sort of cleanse. I don't know if it's a body, spiritual, maybe it's a both type cleanse. Um, realistically, I just, when you look at this dude, I think it was Matt, it was, uh, Matt Trahan who said it on the Breakfast Champions, uh, looks like he lives in a van uh, down by the river. Totally agree. Um, and, and the recreational drug use in that van, I am, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. This this dude with the hair, his actions, not they were testing him, or not testing him for that matter. They're upset about the vaccine. Um, this guy needs to be tested for seriously tested for some recreational drug use because he just confuses me more and more. Everybody compares it to Brett Favre and you know, other cryptic things and how people left. I think this guy likes attention, the Jeopardy thing. I mean, he, he's just on his own wave. He's, I mean, like I said, look at the hair, him, all the stuff that's happened with his family really is just on his own wave and his own belief system and really doesn't give too much of a shit of what people think about him. But he does, I think he does like to be the character, uh, play a little bit of the villain and, and the attention. All that's good and well, but when it comes down to it, I'd like to see you win more football games when they matter. If you're going to do such a thing, if you're going to act like this and do these things to create this attention and create this buzz, hey, maybe you should win more than one Super Bowl when you're the one seed this year and you have home field advantage all the way throughout and you can only put up 10 points against the 49ers, only good for one touchdown when you're supposed to be the greatest quarterback in the league, arguably one of the best ever. You know, if you're going to act like this, I'd like to see a little more uh, on-field production in the games that matter in the playoffs as you progress through it. I mean, Tom Brady's been a little cryptic as of late. Uh, one of the theories that I've heard is that, you know, he didn't say goodbye to the Patriots in his retirement for football because he's only retiring from the Buccaneers. He wants to come back. Maybe, you know, so be it with the 49ers, so be it with the Miami Dolphins, teams that are looking for quarterbacks. You know, who knows? Who, who, who knows? Who, know, who knows realistically? But, um, like I said, yeah, it, I just can't. Aaron Rodgers has been a utter, 
utter weirdo in terms of you know his reactions how he acts um just how he's treated people how he's gonna how he continues to hey pat he likes pat mcafee pat mcafee likes him uh he has the exclusive there you know i'm not looking i mean i'd love to take the exclusive at rogers but at the same time i'm not gonna you know dance around it here the guy certainly has um a couple of screws loose up there in terms of how he's handled stuff but hey but he's a hell of a quarterback i will say that i will say that he is a hell of a quarterback in this league uh, but I just can't get behind um, some of his decision-making in how, especially how these off-seasons have been. Uh, the, the cryptic, you know, I'm not going to sit here and try to break down each post. Like, I mean, everybody's going to, oh, is he not there? But like I said, he's on a cleanse. He's thankful. Uh, maybe he'll be thankful for another opportunity to play with the Packers for a year or two more. Or maybe he'll be thankful to play for another team. Or maybe he'll just be thankful for his time in the NFL and go you know, work on Jeopardy. Uh, but at the end of the day, my team, the Saints, can't afford him. Uh, where he'll end up, I'm not sure. Uh, people have talked about him, him being traded to the Buccaneers, 40, like I said, 49ers. I don't think he wants to follow in Tom Brady's shadow, but we'll see. Like I said, a lot of uh, like I said, it's gonna be a fun, it's gonna be a fun NFL offseason with the draft and everything. It officially starts the 2022 season. I think it was yesterday, the day before, uh, the ability of the franchise tag stuff like that. So we'll see. We'll see what the future holds. Uh, for the not for long league and we'll see who's not for long and who who's ready to lock it in with new places you know realistically every year i think we talk about the openness and who's going to move where and these new faces on these new teams at the end of the day these, these moves never really happen so um you know go strap yourselves in for the you know aaron Rodgers offseason that'll most likely leave with end up with him you know being in green bay he'll be everybody will just be left again just kind of you know kicking rocks and kicking up dust and Aaron, after all the speculation and all these, all these, um, all, all speculation, all these theories, all these rumors, you know, it'll be, it'll still be in Green Bay, uh, throwing the rock around there to Devontae Adams. So next up is the NBA at the All Star break. Um, apparently, the Daytona 500 did uh, better than the NBA All Star game, which All Star games continuing to dull and dull Pro Bowl All Star game. I wouldn't really read too much into that. The NBA is one of the more popular leagues, I think, in, in the U.S., in the world, um, especially considering the China connection. But, you know, NBA at the break, we got some title odds. I got some reactions to trades. Um, and then I guess I, I guess I can address the MLB lockout because it's news. I could go through the whole Jeff Passan tweet thread. But realistically, I don't want to have to touch. the, the M, I, It just makes me angry. It makes my blood boil. Um, maybe I'll do a specific TikTok on the MLB lockout where it stands um i have to do a project for class it's like two or three minutes so maybe i'll address it then as opposed to on here because it just makes me sorry that these millionaires and these billionaires can't can't figure it out the you know the minor leagues are trying to get rid of the minor leagues you know owners want a salary cap players want to keep making 500 million dollars over 13 years just to suck after the first three it, I, I, they're they're killing the game you know they're, they're, they're continuing to kill the game i don't think there's going to be a season I don't think we're going to have a major league baseball season. I think I, I, I don't see us having a season, and I think it's going to see a lot of these players on the market go to different. Uh, I but then again, you don't know what it's going to look like after the collective bargain. You don't know what if there's going to be salary caps or who's going to be able to dish out these big contracts or what the luxury tax is going to be. All of this stuff. I mean, I can't under, even understand what it's going to look like. You know, I can't even begin to to guess on that and where guys are going to end up or what it's going to look like. I can just tell you this right now that I love the game of baseball, but they continue to murder it. You know, it, these the games are getting longer 
and longer less people are watching as well as it still does and they're really trying and, and, and as, as successful as some of these small market teams are they are continuing to to kill them ever so slowly so i really really am pissed off with the direction that the mlb is going i, I cannot stand this lockout considering you know it's a lot of money at stake but with i mean these billionaires continue to talk about how hard it is to to run these teams and to be billionaires well at, at that at that at that point if, if you know obviously i i know you own something and there's there's profitability there but you know integrity of the game when when does that matter when does the game when do the fans matter it, it just comes down it comes down to the almighty dollar and the fans are on the outside looking in no one cares for the fans and cares about if the game dies or not they're only looking out for their own interest. Well, guess what? The people who are really putting money in your pockets one way or the other and paying your interest and, and with all the advertising revenue and the marketing revenue are the fans. So at some point, you're going to have to understand what we want in order for you, for all everybody involved to make their profits because if there are no fans, there is no league and there is no you know profits to be made off of any of us. And if you continue to piss us off and kill the game, less of that is going to be available to both the players and the owners because one hand feeds the other there so we're all connected and if you continue to piss us off and cut the fans out of the loop and continue to you know lessen the impact and, and take you know knock fans away from the game push them away from the game of baseball more and more over time the game of baseball is going to die and you're going to have an aba american baseball association something else they need this the mlb is is killing baseball love baseball to death college baseball has been you know uh been great so far i've been able to watch some highlights watch some games a lot of the local uh, Division Three starting up their season as well. Some going on the spring break trips. Some staying up here and playing a couple of games. But you know, I'll be able to tune into a lot more college baseball because I, I'm really betting on it. I don't know what the odds are if there to be no season or not, but I really don't think we're going to have a baseball season this year. So that's my thoughts on the MLB lockout. Um, now I guess I can just roll into the NBA. I was going to talk some soccer, um, but I don't really want to get too much into the soccer. Weston McKenney and the Champions League. At following the next round of the 16, I think as we as, as next week as I get into it, uh, probably do a Monday show, um, you know, giving my thoughts on who's going to move on after the round. Of, well, actually, I think the next round of 16, the second leg, t- it takes some time before it comes around. Anyways, uh, after the round of 16 is when you really get into a good pace for Champions League soccer where I want to address more of it. The McKenney injury sucks, but again, those games leading into the qualifiers aren't going to be that big of a a deal until you know later on in March, which is obviously going to be more of the time to address uh, the maybe the possible struggles of the U.S. national team uh, without Weston McKenney. But like I said, NBA talk. We got NBA Finals odds, so I'm going to get the the link open here and just kind of briefly run down through it, um, and we'll see the, the futures odds. Now I think it should be the same as it was this morning. I'm going based off of Caesars. Uh, the best odds to win the NBA Finals right now is the Phoenix Suns at plus 450. The Warriors falling right after, plus 475. Uh, the Nets at plus 550. I believe the Nets were plus 600 this morning. But uh, Ben Simmons Ben Simmons set the place soon. I think, they, I think the news of that might have dropped at the 50. Um, plus 600 for the Bucks, Plus 700 for the 76ers. Now Caesars has the Miami Heat at plus 1100. They were plus... 1,000 this morning. Um, Utah Jazz plus 1,600. Boston Celtics plus 2,500 along with the Grizzlies at plus 2,500. Uh, the Bulls were at plus 2,500 this morning. They fall back to plus 3,000. Uh, 3, 
uh, plus 3,000 for the Nuggets, plus 4,000 for the Lakers. Again, the numbers you want to be looking at uh, for the Lakers are more or less, will they make the playoffs? That's more of the question there. Um, you have the Cavaliers at plus 5,000, which have actually been a very, very good team to watch. Uh, I think the move for Rondo was a solid one to help out Darius Garland with a Sexton injury. And I also think that uh, the Levert move is, is really good too because Mobley's look good. You still have Kevin Love there. You have, um, you've had Laurie Market and always been out with injury. Uh, Mobley's looked great as a rookie, you know, in the four and the five position. Uh, like I said, Levert's a really good scoring option. I mean, you're doing this without Colin Sexton as well as a very good player, but Garland's been fantastic this season. Uh, CD Osman's been pretty good. So there's a lot of, you know, over, a couple of some overperforming there, but also some guys kind of coming into their own for that team. Um, and like I said, I don't see them as a title favorite. I don't see them really in the same conversation as a lot of the teams that are, uh, you know, 3,000 or, or, or lower. But, you know, not the worst odds if you wanted to take a flyer on a team at plus 4,000. I said the, the, the Nuggets are, are probably at some point going to get Jamal Murray back. You get Nikola Jokic, who, who's been fantastic so far. Uh, those are a couple of those in the Celtics, you know, the Derek White move. Uh, the Bulls are without Lonzo Ball, um, but still been very good with DeMar DeRozan, uh, Zach Levine. So they've still been, you know, very productive um, as well with Nikola Vucevic. So there's some, you know, some real good names there for Chicago. I've been playing pretty well. Uh, I think they're set to get Lonzo back at some point. He's having a really good season defensively, uh, shooting the three ball very well. Obviously, he moves the ball very well on offense. Uh, but you look at the Grizzlies, like them with the Grizzlies, uh, the Celtics, I think the Grizzlies have, a, I mean, it's just tough coming out of the West. That really determines uh, a lot of your odds and why the Jazz are a little bit lower there too, as good as Donovan Mitchell is. Um, again, a lot of it's going to come down to uh, where, what conference you're coming out of. Um, like I said, the Suns at plus 450. Uh, CP3, what about the injury? You know, he's going to be out for quite a bit of time. Um Still one of the top teams in the league, even without CP3, but he's the engine. He, he makes that team go. Uh, everywhere that he's been, uh, he, all these teams have been wildly successful at him. At the po- he's the point guard, right? He's the point, not the point guard, the point guard. You know, CP3 uh, is wildly one of the, the best leaders of a team from a position where that requires leadership and the ability to move the ball, the ability to make players around him better, make younger players better. So that injury is going to... You know, going to hurt. I don't. I don't see. I don't see them. Um, the, he he makes a difference in a lot of big games and the big games that they have won and the big games that they will that they should win. You know, in, in close tight games and teams that they're you know just a little bit better than or just as good as and even against ones where teams are a little better than them and they're in dog fights. Um, it, it totally changes how they're able to respond or react in those moments without CP3, as good as Devin Booker's been, as good as DeAndre Eaton is. I don't see them being able to hang in there with the top teams in the West for this period of time without CP3. Now, of course, you know, once it comes around to playoff time, CP3 should be you know set to be back. But what about in the meantime? Now, are you going to, how many seat, what's your seating going to look like? And you're going to be in tough road games. You're going to have to play tougher teams as you go through instead of being able to get maybe a cupcake game in the first round with a 7 or an 8 seed after just coming out of the playing games. So that's that. That's the real worry there for the Suns. Not good value at plus 450. Now, if it continues to drop because they struggle, but it still looks like they'll make the playoffs, yeah, you might want to take a flyer on a plus 1,200 Suns or a plus 1,000 Suns when it gets you know comes around at the time because CP3's been hurt 
and they weren't exactly on a good groove. If, if they can, if they start to struggle, and you want to take a flyer based off of value, wouldn't be a terrible pick. But right now, the value at plus four fifty, nowhere near good enough, especially with the injury to CP three. Like I said, falling the Suns is the Warriors at plus four seventy five. Draymond Green should be set to return from his injury. Uh, Jonathan Kaminga's look good. Uh, Pools look good. Look, looking at signing him to an extension. Steph Curry had a, had had a, you know decent struggles there, but. Um, Steph Curry's been Steph Curry when he's healthy. Um, he's the best shooter I've ever seen. Best shooter on the planet. Best shooter to ever exist. Uh, Clay Thompson really hasn't missed a beat either. Um, I'm not, I, I'm not entirely sure if he's still playing defense as well as he did prior to it, but obviously his shooting has not missed a step at all. Um, still knocking down shots, uh, very well. They have, you know, they, one of the big things was they had depth when they won those championships. Uh, they have a lot of younger depth now than they did um, but they, and, that, and now the guys that they had that were in their primes now are a little bit older, like Curry and Thompson and Green as well when he returns from injury, who could be up there in the defensive player of the year again. Um, so I really think that the Warriors have to be the favorite coming out of the West. Um, there's not, I don't really see a big challenger in the West considering the depth that they have, the, and especially the, the depth they have with youth and guys that are continue to grow. And you have Curry and Thompson back shooting at an elite level. Um, it's hard for me to see anybody beating them uh, out, out of the West and it, obviously outside of the Bucks in this league. Um, so following them in, in a team that I don't see being a threat to them is, is the Nets at plus 600. I don't, I don't, I don't see it. I think it actually got, like I said, dipped down to plus 550 when I was looking at it. Yeah, and it did. Um, you look at the Simmons Harden trade. You, I mean, Harden wasn't playing for you. Uh, what was legitimately happening with that injury, you don't know. But Simmons wasn't playing for the Sixers either. You get Seth Curry in that deal. You get Drummond in that deal. You get two draft picks. What you do with those two draft picks, whether you bring another superstar in, um, realistically, if it doesn't work out this year, I'm, I, I would be ready to move. Uh, just, just collect my picks uh, from moving a guy like KD or moving a guy like Kyrie. I'm, I'm ready to start moving some pieces if it doesn't work this year. Because, you know, your last big three only played 16 games together. And it's not looking any better. I, I, I don't think anybody lacked uh, anybody... Um, not lacks, but um, doesn't acknowledge the talent. They don't lack on-court talent. That's not the problem. The problem is that their talent is never on the court. They lack the sustainability. They lack the, the they, they lack the ability to stay healthy. They, they just can't stay on the court together. So I don't care how good of a player Kevin Durant is. He has bad movement patterns. He's already torn his Achilles, which is a terrible injury. Has bad movement patterns, which is going to lead to more and more injuries and strains and pulls. ACLs, Achilles, you know, catastrophic injuries. Kyrie Irving is off on his in his own world. He thinks he's just he, he thinks he's a mogul. He thinks he's this character, this this almost you know larger than life being. As good as he's a basketball, he's one of the most talented uh, basketball players I've ever seen. I I mean, what he did for for Cleveland, those shots that he hit. He's one of the most like his his dribbling ability. He he's one of the most talented basketball players I've ever seen. But he's never he's, he's he's doing his thing, only playing the away games. He's injured, um, you know, flakes on multiple teams, especially a one that was you know winning championships with LeBron James. Uh, like I said, I don't I don't see it. Injuries, lack of game time. Simmons is gonna have to fit in, but how is Simmons supposed to fit in without guys like KD and Kyrie? I mean, I really think that those guys can ISO score, but as well, when you get a guy like Ben Simmons, Ben Simmons is really going to succeed because of his ability. he's a great ball mover. He's a great defensive player. He can move the ball very well. 
He has size. He has length. He can defend any position one through five in the court. And he moves the ball so well. And he'd be able to build up confidence around guys like KD and Kyrie if they were on the court. They're not on the court. They're not healthy. They're never healthy. Or they're not vaccinated. And those mandates are on their own and what they, and what they mean. Why road players can come in and play uh, unvaccinated in there. But home players that aren't vaccinated can't. Doesn't really make much sense. And I'm sure that'll get changed and they'll get Kyrie back at some point. But for now, it, it doesn't exist. They went an 11-game losing streak because of the injuries they were, they, they were facing. Uh, like I said, no one denies the on-court talent. But when you're only playing 16 games together and... There's, I don't see it going. I don't see it changing. I don't see it. I don't see like, there's some monumental change with Simmons. Um, like I said, I don't see these guys getting healthy. They have bad movement patterns. Kyrie is a flake. He's on his own. He does his own things. You can't rely on him. You can't rely on Simmons because he doesn't have an outside jump shot. And when he's not confident, he does not play as up to the ability that he has and hasn't developed that um, that perimeter shot yet. And obviously, he's not going to be able to build the confidence with you guys because, again, not be playing together. Um, so then the next one, following the Nets, I, I think I think the Nets are for sure frauds um, out of there. Um, as if Warriors and then the Bucks here at plus 600, I think it's great value. Uh, I think Giannis is the best player in the world. I think he's supported well by Drew. I think he's supported well by Chris Middleton. I thought the Ibaka trade was good. Uh, I, I think they're in a real, uh, real good place, and I think they have a, a shot to go after it and win it again. Um, I think Giannis developing you know, even more of a perimeter shot and being able to take guys with a jump shot off the dribble has been huge for his game. Uh, but he's a Greek freak for a reason. I think he's the best player in the world. Whether that means he's the MVP or not, I don't. I don't know. You know, they do, you know the MVP is with uh, Embiid, Jokic. You know, those guys more or less being in the MVP conversation. But I still think Giannis is the best player in the world. I I, I think he has been since that title, even over Curry. Um, and I see them as the favorites out of the East outside of, outside of, you know, I think the heat, I think the heat would compete with them if they can beat the heat for sure. Um, I think, you know, have, have a legitimate bid to go six or seven games with the Warriors in the finals and maybe even win the damn thing. Uh, but following the Bucks is the 76ers at plus 650. Uh, I think Joel Embiid, I, 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 even though I'm a Celtics fan, I love watching Joel Embiid play. Uh, I think he's my favorite player in the NBA at this point outside of maybe Giannis. Um, I love watching Joel Embiid play. Uh, plus 650, like I said, they have a killer pick and roll now with Harden when he's healthy. Uh, whether he's healthy by choice or whether he's actually getting healthy. Uh, conversation for another day for Nets fans to deal with. Uh, I, I don't think there's a better pick and roll combination than those two. Um, and I think they have far better chances than Nets. Um, and I think and a lot of people, will, I, like I said, with Seth Curry and the draft picks, I think you know on the surface you look at it, the Nets win that trade, right? But then realistically, if the Nets, you know, don't get those guys healthy and they crash and burn again in the playoffs this year because guys aren't healthy or guys are getting hurt or they didn't play well together, they don't mesh well together, and the 76ers go to a conference finals or even go to a finals with Harden and Embiid, realistically, even over time, it might look different with the draft picks and Seth Curry. Uh, what, who, or maybe Simmons develops, who really wins that trade if there's more direct success in the next season or two? Because it's not really, you know, you're not sure of what's going to be sustainable over time with, you know, KD and Kyrie. Uh, I think, so I think realistically, when you look at it that way, I think they, the 76ers are going to be the winners of that trade. Like I said, the killer pick, like, there's going to be a pick and roll that is just unreal. It's just w w between Harden and Embiid. Uh, Embiid's never really had that guy that can also just take it there, can isolate, can score, consistently knock down 
least from deep mid-range to outside, um, outside of Seth Curry, who's just a great off-ball shooter, but someone who can isolate and then is going to open up you know, Embiid's game even more with rotations, pick and pop, pick and rolls, like I said. Uh, I think it opens up their, their entire playbook to them, and it really allows some different play sets for Doc Rivers and the 76ers. Uh, so plus 650, uh, not bad there. I, I think it's a little bit much in comparison to the plus 1,000, which is now plus 1,100. Uh, but the Heat have, considering the Heat, I think, are the best team in the East at this moment. Uh, you got Ban, you got Jimmy, you got Lowry, Duncan Robinson, Tyler Hero. Uh, Oladipo's going to return at some point. Um, simple as that. Best team in the East right now. And I just, I, the, the Heat, um, obviously, having been to the finals, I think anybody would have been you know, thrown into the meat grinder there, even if the Celtics had beat them. But I think this is a different team. I think Jimmy Butler's playing great basketball. I think Lowry's playing great basketball. Duncan Robinson is a fantastic shooter. Um, and of course, Tyler Heroes look pretty good as a six man too. So, um, you got guys like PJ Tucker on the roster as well. Um, listen, the heat, I think are the biggest threat to the bucks in the East and plus 1000, you know, I I'd say pretty good value. It's better than the plus 650 that the 76ers have in terms of betting odds. Uh, following up those guys, like I said, the jazz plus 1600, uh, Donovan Mitchell is a stud, but I just don't think it's enough in that, in that Western Western conference to really do anything. Uh, as good as Donovan Mitchell is, as good as a defender Gobert is, I just don't think that they have enough firepower um, to to get to get it done um, in the in that Western Conference. Now the Grizzlies at plus twenty five hundred is a little different. I think realistically, I think they have a little more firepower uh, than the Jazz do, but they are very very young. Uh, love watching John Morant play, even though his movement patterns are continuing to falter, and he's going to find himself in big, big trouble with a catastrophic injury in the near future. Um, I The Celtics, Grizzlies, Bulls were at plus 2,500. I think I said, I think the Bulls got moved to plus three because uh, I still think they're, you know, Patrick Williams is still struggling to get back from injury as well. Um, but, you know, I don't, it's hard to dig deep into them. We'll see how Derek White is. You know, I'll talk about that trade a little bit more to, to close this one out. I think we're about to hit an hour. Uh, I think an hour is pretty much good for this. Like I said, I think the flow is a little different on the live as well, too, and how I open it. Um, but like I said, I wanted to give the live a bit. Of course, I'll get a little bit better at it. Like I said, some guests, too. Maybe one live a week. Uh, the you know, the reality with the live is that I'd like to do more interactive stuff with the live as opposed to just doing the show. You know, I'd like to put together a live show that drives reaction. You know, I can read comments. You know, People can comment in the chat room. You know, can talk to me. You know, Not watch the replay. You know, when you do something that's going to be replayed or be good for whenever, it works. It works and flows a little differently. At least for me, it does. Um, but I, you know, I'd like to be do to be able to do stuff that's a little more interactive. Who do I think's better? Uh, what do I think is going to happen? More or less questions from there, other than me just setting up my own show. Uh, but that'll come with due time. Obviously, the more consistently uh, that I do this, you know, maybe I'll have to do some questions throughout the week, like have people ask me questions and I then I answer them on here. Um, and go through it more or less in that way, so that it's you know it's more drive for them to watch the live show. Uh, but those are plans; those are plans that I will hatch um, as we go. Uh, I said Celtics. You know, we'll go trade deadline now. Acquired some big man debt for Tice. Uh, get the move for Derek White. The first round pick I think was a little bit much, uh, but I still really want Derek White to be good. I think Derek White's a pretty solid player. He's looked pretty good so far. Tice is good big man depth considering Rob Will's been out. The time Lord's been, you know, of course, you know. Injury bug strikes him quite often. Um, like I said, the first the first round pick was tough, 
but they move their expiring contract in Schroeder. They move some of their expiring contracts on. They leave a lot of open roster spaces, and I think they'll give themselves some flexibility for a big offseason move of a third, a true third superstar. Um, but we'll see, you know, we'll see what the future holds for that. Uh, of course, the Pelicans make the move for C.J. McCollum as well too. Uh, Zion hadn't actually reached out to him uh, until I believe it was yesterday, and J.J. Redick, you know, J.J. Redick, you know, crushed him pretty well for it uh, and well deserved. But you know, I saw a take from Colin Coward saying it was—it's a pretty savvy move. He wants to get out of that market. He wants to get into a bigger market. Um, so he's eating himself out of there. The, 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 the surgeries again—he's just a terrible mover at that size. Creates such power and such force, but if it's not in the you know the correct movement patterns, if he's not getting the to he's not getting the GLS, which is down there. He should stay in New Orleans to get help uh, with his movement patterns. But I guess it's not going to matter. He just wants to get out of there. I guess get into a different market. He's going to continue to struggle with these injuries. And, and Ja will eventually do with his explosiveness, but his movement patterns not being good in the training that they're doing, not really helping them become better moving athletes. Like Zion, he's going to continue to struggle with this at his size and the power that he generates, but he just doesn't move well. These injuries are going to continue. He's never really, I don't think, ever going to really be able to find a stride because of his health. So I, if I'm if I'm the Warlands, I move him as soon as possible. I get as much as I can for him as soon as possible. Uh, keep McCollum there, sure. Um, I, I think McCollum's a solid scoring option. He's not a true like, facilitator. He's not an elite shooter, but he's a pretty good scorer. Um, Dame, Damian Lillard's got to be losing his mind in the sense out there in Portland. He's got to be thinking about moving on. they got to be thinking about totally blowing it up in Portland uh, now that McCollum's already gone. Um, I'm, I'm sure that Lillard's not going to be too keen to stay, but... You know, we'll see. He's a pretty loyal dude. He wants to be loyal, but realistically, if there's a time to go and blow it up uh, and it'd be a mutual thing as opposed to Dame asking, I think the time would be now uh, because at this point, he's already starting to get over the hill. He needs to find himself a home where he's, you know, the 1B or the 2 uh, and, 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 and get some rings and be part of some true, you know, solid teams in, 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 in a bigger market that can draw. Um, the, the other, obviously, the Harden for Simmons blockbuster. Uh, I think it's a win for both teams, realistically. I think it'll lean more towards the 76ers uh, when it's all said and done with the overall team success. But, you know, I think it's a win for both teams. The first-round pick's going to sting a little bit, but the 76ers want to win now. So do the Nets. They might be able to move that for some value. But then again, if they're a good team, how much value can you really find in first-round picks? Um, you know, you have, like like I said, 76ers want to win now. They have an elite pick-and-roll option. Uh, you have two guys that can play very well off the ball. Ben Simmons can move the ball too. Ben Simmons, a fantastic defender, can defend any position one through five. Um, if you can work him into a good mental space to buy into the team mentality that you want, I think Ben Simmons will be, you know, could grow into a really good player when he has the supporting cast because he hasn't developed that perimeter shot. Uh, but if those guys aren't in the court with him, it's no good anyways. And, and consistently enough, I don't think Kyrie, depending on what they do with mask mandates and the mandates change, or uh, Kyrie, uh, Kevin Durant being you know an injury prone player with bad movement patterns. Um, it, it, it we'll see what the future holds there, but I think uh, when it's all said, then the 76ers uh, will be the winners of that trade. Uh, the Porzingis for Dinwiddie and Bertans, uh, bad contract for a bad contract. Uh, they really need to figure it out. They really need to find a way to build a team around Luka Doncic because he's a like a genuine uh, generational talent that I think that they have to. They have to build on it, and they have to keep happy. He's already been kind of pissed off with what they did in the front office, uh, what the team has been doing. Uh, that that dude is out of this world in terms of the talent, the ability that he you know he showcases 
night in and night out in this league. They need to find a way to build a team around him and get him help like they did in, in, in with Dirk Nowitzki. Um, the next one being the Buddy Heald, Tyrese Halliburton for Sabonis. Uh, head scratcher, I think it's a win for the Pacers. Uh, I think Sabonis is a solid player, and he might be able to work in a pick and roll with De'Aaron Fox. But, you know, Tyrese Halliburton was so committed to the Kings, was so committed to helping them uh, build and grow with him being there and having two dominant guards for the future in De'Aaron Fox and Tyrese Halliburton. Uh, it's, like I said, it's a, a head-scratcher considering his commitment because you you know, how often are you really going to find anybody that's committed to being in Sacramento, being in that market? Halliburton wanted to change that and change the culture. Uh, they rob him of that, and he's already looking pretty good uh, in Indiana. And that's there's more winning, way more winning culture in Indiana that they can you know build around with him being there and moving on big, a big contract in Sabonis. So I think it's an absolute win for the Pacers. It, it's a loss for Sacramento. Um, it's going to sting for the front office considering the culture, uh, considering the locker room, how they respond to it. Because Buddy Heald's a really, you know, really good shooter too. But, you know, Halliburton obviously seemed like he was pretty good for the culture of the locker room there. Uh, so we'll, obviously over time we'll see, you know, what effects we have with that. Um, the Cavs, like the final one I'll talk about getting Karis Levert. Uh, and previously Rondo. I think Rondo's worth noting, like I said, to help Darius Garland. Uh, Levert's a solid scoring option. Uh, the veteran presence in Rondo helped Garland plus plus four plus five thousand odds now with absolutely nothing to lose with a young team. Uh, the future is bright. Please, please don't make the move for LeBron and trade away your entire young core for a guy that's flaked on you already twice. Please, please, please do not do that. Cleveland, don't do that to yourselves. You have put yourself in a very good position um, to build this thing back up the right way. Uh, but that's really, I mean, that's really it. Yeah. I mean, you, want, you see what the NBA is doing forward. What it comes down to is who gets healthy. You know, there's, there's a ton of talented teams. And there's some young teams looking to, you know, looking to catch breaks. The breaks is going to be the health. I mean, if the Nets don't get healthy, if the Warriors can't stay healthy over time, you know, Giannis has had some injuries down the way. That's what it's going to come down to. You know, the superstars are going to be superstars. They're going to end up in the dance. It should be the Bucks and the Warriors. Uh, but if the Nets get healthy, obviously they compete. I don't, I mean, you don't see stuff like that happening because history you know, tends to repeat itself, but, you know, if there is a break in the action and they can get hot and get healthy at the right time, you know, there's some superstar-driven teams, like, like, you know, if Harden stays healthy with Embiid and they really, really click and and, and get on a hot run and say Jimmy Butler maybe falls under. Again, it really comes down to health. Um, A lot, like I said, a lot more of the talented teams have to stay healthy. That's their big thing. And a lot more of the younger teams have to hope that they they can't do that to compete with them. I said Warriors, Bucks. Heat and 76ers, um, and then the Nuggets. They have Jokic. They're going to be getting Jamal Murray back at some point. And the Nuggets should be, um, you know, should be looking to get back into the mix at some point too. Whether they have enough time to really get Jamal Murray going um, is a decent, you know, it's a decent question to be asked of them too. But uh, we shall see what the future of the NBA season holds. Um, Winter Olympics. I guess it's worth addressing the Winter Olympics. Or addressing the fact that I can't address the Winter Olympics is the only thing that I've seen on TV is curling. Has anybody else seen anything except curling on the Winter Olympics? I think maybe some of the biathlon stuff. Uh, I watch way more of the Summer Olympics, but normally I'm, I'm able to watch. Oh, some some ice skating. I guess some ice skating. Just normally I'm able to watch more. Like I feel like there's more of a broadcast Winter Olympics or different events. Uh, really haven't seen a lot of events. Like the, the most the, the event I've seen the most of uh, is curling. And nothing against curling. 
there's only so much of it that you can watch consistently. Um, realistically, when it comes down to the Winter Olympics, if you're broadcasting events, I should not be learning how curling works. I mean, even as an announcer or broadcast, I really shouldn't. That should not be the main event that I am learning. I'm not, I'm, I'm not sought out to, to watch curling. It just, it's just on, whatever's on. You know, I'm trying, trying, trying to find more other interesting events, but I'm stuck with curling. Like I said, not, not like a tremendous amount of hate to curling. It's just not something that I'm trying to watch every single time I turn on the Winter Olympics, uh, which is pretty much what's been happening. Um, so it's been, uh, you know, the, I'm pretty sure the viewership's been down big for the Winter Olympics too. The Winter Olympics have not been held in a good light this turnaround. Um, I guess the other thing worth noting in terms of, you know, where places are being held, uh, pretty sure UEFA is thinking of taking the Champions League final out of Russia. So that's another thing worth noting in terms of the overseas note. Uh, because of everything that's happening with Ukraine, be hard to play a Champions League final in Russia when you know there's a possibility of being at war. Uh, I guess that's the one thing that I'll address the Champions League before we get into you know the you know more of my previews into the next amount of games. I think come towards the end of March, pretty sure there's a month in between the two legs, and the McKenney injury will be worth addressing uh, before they you know they have three more games in the World Cup qualifying. Um, and a huge one in Mexico, which I'm pretty sure the U.S. Uh, national team hasn't won in Mexico since Landon Donovan was there with blonde hair. Uh, absolutely pissing off all the Mexican fans. So we shall wait and see what the future holds for some of those events. Uh, got my little MLB rant out of the way. My thoughts on the NBA. My thoughts on Aaron Donald and the Super Bowl. Finally, finally, some of my Super Bowl thoughts. Um, like I said, Cam Rogers is going to be getting him on the show. Uh, totally lost track of my days of the week. I was on record tonight. Hopefully, I can record sometime this week and get this out to get that out to you guys. I'm really excited for that one. And then in the future, um, you know, some more, you know, more, diff- more, more athletes, just more athletes, more local guys, you know, guys that you know, successful guys and guys that I know. You know, do I have a little bit of bias to some of my UMD people? Yeah, but they're successful right now, and I'm friends with them. So if I have the ability to bring them on and the ability to shout them out and talk about them, my platform, I'm going to do it. As they would with any of my other friends anywhere. But it just so happens that right now that's where the success is coming from. And that's what my friends are doing. And that's who's in season. And, and that's who I'm going to continue to shout out. Like I said, I gave, I gave kind words to the people who have given me kind words. And, and that's just how you know things are going to go. But I really think that's all I got for you guys today on the Roofers Rundown. Thanks for joining me on the live. Um, I'm excited to look back and see what the viewers are like. Hopefully we can get the chat going more. Um, in the future, I'm going to try and you know, craft up some ideas and plans to drive more interaction. Um, maybe a different streaming source. Maybe YouTube is a better uh, place to stream. I'm going to I'm gonna play around with things. I'm going to play around with things, see where I can get the most views, the most interaction. Maybe Facebook is the place that I'm going to do it. I know some guys do Facebook, some guys do YouTube. Uh, realistically, if I could do all three, that'd be great. It'd be hard to keep track of the chats, but you know, I'd see, you know, I'd see what I can make happen. I don't want to have to pay into it in terms of, you know, what service I'm using to stream to those platforms. But like I said, we're going to have to wait and see. I'm going to have to play around. Um, None of this is going to be an overnight thing. But, you know, I'm committed to figuring out to, you know, put together the best community, the best environment that I can uh, for myself and for the viewership. So I thank you guys for joining me today on the Rufus Rundown Live. And then, of course, I'll have the replay of this will be up on Twitch. Uh, And then, obviously, I have the recorded option, too that I'll be rendering up and posting for tomorrow morning as well. But thanks again, guys, for joining me. It's your boy Rufus. Sign